like to call it real slob kebab. Yeah, right. Hey guys, welcome back to Real Slob Kebab. I'm so sorry that I didn't have an episode last week. I'm sure that was devastating for all seven of you. But my mom and aunt were in town for the first time since I moved here a year ago. Here being California, which is very far from where my family lives. So that was really fun. But I cannot believe the cultural differences between 70 and 30-year-olds. I'm just like rounding around here. I'm early 30s, 30 and some change, okay? Um, and my mom is like almost 70 and my aunt's 70. But it was wild. Like the way a 70-year-old views the world is so different from... Like they all think we're lazy as hell. It's just crazy to me. Like my generation invented the internet. Like I don't understand. How are we lazy? We invented the 100-hour workday. I don't get it at all. The side hustle generation. I've had nine jobs since I graduated college. Like I don't – how are we lazy? It was so funny. We were talking about – they told a story about how they had gone to the movies when they were like six, seven, eight years old. Like there was three of them. One was six, one was seven, one was eight. And I said something like, um, you know, oh, do you guys think that your generation, you know, was a little bit more strict as parents because you felt you had like too much freedom as kids? Because like I definitely didn't go to the movies at six, seven years old by myself. You know what I mean? My mom wasn't like, here's some change. Go hit a movie. See ya. And I asked that and my aunt was like, no, you know, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think it has to do with kids being lazy. (laughs) Kids being lazier now. That's why six-year-olds don't go to the movies unattended anymore. I was dying. Yeah, sure. It's not, you know, the popularization of the automobile the past century that you guys have been almost century. No offense that you've been around. It hasn't been that communities aren't walkable anymore. It couldn't be that everyone carries an AR-15 now and movie theater shootings are like a common occurrence. Couldn't be any of that. I was dying. My niece is turning six this month. Can you imagine if I called her up and was like, you lazy piece of shit. Get off your ass. Go steal $50 from your mom. That might be enough for two tickets and some snacks, but honestly, I don't even know anymore strap your four-year-old sister to your back so you can hang glide over the three major highways that divide your house from the nearest movie theater and go fucking see frozen by yourself you lazy bitch you piece of shit i just thought that was so funny kids are lazy that's why we don't go to the movies at six or seven years old folks why didn't i think of that why didn't i think of that Okay, so back to the Real Housewives. Ramona posted a photo with her head as the turkey. If you haven't seen it yet, (laughs) I definitely recommend checking it out. It was disturbing. Disturbing, confusing, erotic. Emily from the OC posted a Thanksgiving photo too. Her husband looks deeply miserable, which I don't think is anything new, obviously, if you've seen the show. But like, I don't know. He looks, it looks like it's going deeper. You know, he looks even more miserable. He looked miserable in these photos. And they're like Thanksgiving photos. It's like fucking smile. You know what I mean? You can't even fake happiness for one Thanksgiving photo, one, one series. 
a three photo series. He looks, I don't know if it's a bit, but it's, he looks miserable. Okay, Salt Lake City. We're dealing with the fallout of Jen's arrest still. Jenny, unbothered. Jenny said, look, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I don't know any of you. And basically, Jenny, I think, is feeling like all of these women are ganging up on Jen without Jen being around. She's like, we don't have the information. She seems very, she and her husband and her whole Science Saturday family seem very, um, what is it, right brain? Is that what? Right brain? Left left brain, maybe? More like they need all the facts in front of them before they'll even engage in like a, you know, before they'll even jump to any kind of conclusion or give their own projected own projection about what might be happening they're gonna like you know they're science saturday people they're very math science they've like they need some facts whereas all these other biddies are like they don't know what the fuck's you know they think they're detectives they think they're doctors so they're they're projecting all over the place and jenny's basically like i'm i don't want to do this and so she's defending jen and she starts to say like you know as a, a fellow minority i empathize with jen and Lisa cuts her off in the middle of this and said, I appreciated that about Jen, too. You appreciated that about Jen? You appreciated that Jen was a minority? Like, what? But yeah, so these ladies are still dealing with, you know, what is going on with Jen. They briefly mention some strange texts that they never speak about again. Jen, I guess, sent them some text that they know is Jen because of the way she spelled because. But then they never really mention what the text said or I think it was accusing them of being racist after that fight in maybe Vegas last year. I need, I'm honestly getting to the age where I need like visual aids to understand the show. Like I need some sort of a, you know, Pepe Sylvia. I need help to understand what's happening here. But yeah, I think that's what the these texts were about. But they just brush over it and they never talk about it ever again. And then Meredith is popping off as usual. Meredith is acting like, I think Meredith thought this is going to get me a lot of fans. Because last season, I can't imagine she got a lot of fans. So I think this season she's like, I'm going to be the one who calls out Jen. And the audience is going to fucking love it. And then Lisa's sitting next to Meredith and she just goes, I'm with her. Sounded Sounded like Hillary Clinton's slogan, I'm with her. Basically, Meredith is engaging this season and I don't know if I love it. Um, it's so hard to watch Jenny and her husband after that fight they got into. This show asks us to watch, like, the most disgusting things, then be like, okay, forgive them. Watch them cuddle each other. And it's like, ugh, do we have to? And, and then the next morning, they all wake up in veil, and Mary has, like, the American flag tied around her head, and she's not, like, speaking to anyone. I love Mary, honestly, even though I know we're about to find out that she's also probably involved in some fraudulent behavior but she just i love her so much she looks like she's in a boy band the whole time i feel like jenny's just like i'm punctual i'm nice i'm sober what am i doing here i feel like she's just like early places waiting on these bitches and they're just like late and drunk and mean and just yell at her Oh, Meredith's, like, confessional look. I know people are talking about this. She looks like a Ken doll. Like, she looks like she's wearing a plastic chess piece. I think it was contouring gone awry. I wonder if 
maybe one of her kids is like aspiring makeup artists and they were like, mom, I can contour your tits. Let me try. Who knows? Also, the guy who told Meredith about Mary's like culty stuff died a few months after this was filmed. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. His name was Cameron, I believe. And he died mysterious. I wrote mysteriously. I don't think it was mysterious. I think there were reasons they just weren't published to the public. So it's not that mysterious. I'm jumping to conclusions. I'm not a science Saturday person. I think I've solved it already. But isn't that weird? He was very young. I think he was younger than me. He was like young. I think he might have been like 31 years old maybe. And he died. I think he was ill previously. Um, But still, it's just so sad. Eerie. Spooky. Also, just really sad. Oh, and Mary saying that Vale reminds her of Harry Potter world. <laughs> I love her. Oh, and I loved Heather talking about her charcuterie strategy when they were all going to sit down and she said she needed to build a base first and then work her way up. I thought that was important to see on television. Oh, and then we finally catch up with Jen, who's talking to, I guess, her lawyer or some sort of advisor. And she's doubling down on thinking that Sharif was calling her to say he was sick. And she's like, I, you know, here I am thinking I'm going to the hospital and the cops pull me over. When really what it does look like was she was fleeing the police. Also, Jen is talking about this, as as all these ladies do after they're caught for a crime, as if this happened to her abruptly. Like, she's like, how can this be happening to me and like in front of my husband and son? It's like, what do you mean happening to you in front of them? You, you hid this from them. But it must be, like, that's why I wonder if some of these people who commit these crimes have, like, personality disorders. Because narcissists, which I've done a lot of studies of, they don't lie. They call them, well, they do, they do lie. But they call them, like, um, like untruths or something. Because, so if I were to lie to you right now, but I knew I, I knew what I was doing, that would be a lie. But sometimes a narcissist can say something to you that's completely false, but they've convinced themselves of it. Like, they've convinced themselves so much of what they're saying and their point of view and they're not in the wrong that they believe it to be true. They don't look at it as lying to you, if that makes sense. It still is. But anyway, I wonder if she has, like, a a touch of that and that's how she can, like, disassociate at a time like this because it's, like, clearly these are the result, just the direct result of your actions. We can see that, right? But she did it. She missed that. And then they have, like, a slutty beer maid night. I don't know. Mary says that this is torture for her. I'm on team Mary. I'm on her side. I don't need a beer and bathe night. But then Mary's still being so mean to Whitney for bringing like the Shotsky and stuff. And then I guess they get in like a fight. I don't know. Honestly, I don't really care that much about the Whitney-Mary fight. It doesn't really interest me. But then Mary falls asleep when Whitney's yelling at her. I couldn't. She knows that she just likes to wind Whitney up. And I feel like Whitney kind of like just plays into it. Also, Meredith looks like she's constantly in a state of dozing off. Like, I feel like that's not a bit when Meredith does it. Like, she really looked like she was falling asleep around those fires. And then apparently we find out more about Mary's cult. That guy, Cameron, I believe, um, mortgaged his house, I guess, for her to give her like $300,000 or give the church $300,000. I don't know. We'll find out next week. Okay, Potomac. So Wendy's way too much. Wendy is just with her giant texts that don't really prove anything. 
No one even cared about Eddie cheating. That honestly would have been a non-issue, but I feel like her reaction turned it into like a whole storyline. Now it's all we're talking about. She's printing out text messages about it. Like no one cares. They didn't never believed it. We never believed it. No one believes it. And more than that, nobody gives a shit. Cause hopefully you're not gonna be on the show the next season because no one's really picking up what you're putting down. I'm sorry, Wendy. Even Andy was like, this is a fall. We've gone from binders to loose leaf text messages. And then of course, Andy surprises them with Nicki Minaj. And weirdly, Nicki defends um, Wendy, like from the gate. She's just like, comes for Ashley's neck about bringing up the Eddie thing. I thought that was so weird to watch this season and for your first question to be in defense of Wendy. Just like, what an odd... What an odd choice. Oh, and then she like is really mean to Candace about her singing. I didn't get that. I like Drive Back. And you would think as like Nicki Minaj, you certainly wouldn't find Candace like threatening. I don't know. It felt very menacing and it felt really like, and even before they started, she told Andy like, I'm going to ask Candace about her singing and they're going to think I'm being shady, but I'm not. And she sort of said it in this way, like, but I am being shady. And it was like, why? Like, why do you have an issue with this woman who's on a, reality show like you're Nicki Minaj like shouldn't you come in like class act and like just like I don't know give these women advice on how to be Nicki Minaj I don't know like just like how like be nice I thought it was so cute that Chris was wearing a deep space shirt too when he came out and Giselle's face when Nicki comes for Ashley and is like were you just doing Giselle's bidding Giselle's face is like oh my god it's like her kid's idol is like ripping her a new asshole on national television. And then Nikki's like telling Ashley, like, if you're pregnant, just stay home. Like, bitch, what? She she can go, she can leave the house, she can do things. Also, it was very bizarre to me, the conversations that Nikki was having around like same-sex relationships. Like she kept being like, if you were paid $50 million, would you have sex with a woman? And it's like, why would someone need to be be paid $50 million. Like a lot of these women could be bisexual. I know that Katie isn't on the show anymore, but Katie was bisexual and she was representing. But like, yeah, I don't know. That was weird. And then she literally, Nikki literally asked Robin why, like be, with all the homophobia in the world, with men being as homophobic as they can be, why isn't Juan more homophobic against Michael? And like, you know, his comments about like, I'd suck his dick. You're really attractive. She basically was like, why isn't Juan more homophobic and more uncomfortable around Michael? And she thought that was weird and suspicious and implied that that made him gay or bisexual, which is really homophobic and weird, Nikki. Like, what the fuck? And you could tell that Robin was really uncomfortable. And then Nikki was like, well, does he have any other gay friends? Basically trying to get it like, if he has gay friends, then he's probably gay. And so Robin was like, no. And she probably felt pressure to say no because of like the leading nature of Nikki's questions. But of course they probably have gay friends, I would hope. What do they have an all straight circle? That's even weirder. Like to make Robin be like, no, we don't have gay friends. We don't hang out with gay people. What? He's never met a gay. Is so weird. But she made Robin, I bet, be defensive because she was oddly painting Juan as being gay because he wasn't homophobic enough for her. Like she's like, but real men are really homophobic and he wasn't. So what's up with that? That was, it was weird. Did anyone catch that? Nikki did not, she was not my favorite. I hope she does not come back to do this again because I didn't love it. 
And then she's making fun of Giselle. I don't know. I would honestly be like shitting myself because she was so hot and cold with them. She'd be like, all you did was take your breast milk to start shit. And then she would be like, you look really pretty today, though. Like she was so hot and cold with them. She doesn't really come for Karen that much. I feel like she respected the grand dame. They basically just talk about her hot box comment about Giselle and then her sex life with Ray, which we didn't need. And then for someone who's vaguely homophobic, Vicky asked them all, like, what women, what their type of women is. And then, like, would they have sex with her? Nikki was all over the place. Oh, my God. And then her asking Ashley what she was attracted to in Michael. And Ashley saying, he's so dynamic. He's so dynamic. What? What does that even mean? He literally also isn't. Like, if I, What? And then she said he's so smart and his sense of humor. I've literally never heard him say something funny. I've never heard her laugh in his presence. She's the quintessential example of someone who is seeing something how they would like it to be, but it is nowhere near that. Oh, and I didn't like how Nikki was interrogating Mia about stripping and stuff. That was disappointing too. Like, leave her alone. She was being so close-minded about it. She was like, how are you going to say you're not a stripper when you're taking off your clothes? Leave her alone. Can't we elevate the conversation? Why do we have the same stale conversations again and again and again forever so we can just like stew in our own ignorance it's so disappointing i love mia but also i love how you can't really shame mia she answered all of nikki's questions and was like yeah this is what i did blah 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 there's no shame like mia's there's no shame in mia's game she's not embarrassed so leave her alone also them talking about eddie following booty models i just i couldn't care i'm over the family get him out of here but then thank god candace kills it singing even though Nikki tries to embarrass her. That was like so uncomfortable. And I thought it was a really sweet moment when Andy came out after and like was like, you did a great job. I was like, yeah, daddy, compliment her. She looks so nervous, but she she crushed it. And Nikki was just being a bitch. I thought that was awkward. And then they weird like at the end, like went to break. And then Nikki came back and was like, well, that's all for me. I thought that was weird. Yeah, so that was the Potomac reunion. Little traumatizing to watch Candace. Be forced to sing by Nicki Minaj, but we made it through. And then back on the island with these broads, Kyle and Ramona are like best friends. What a weird combo. Who saw that combination coming? Kyle is like fiercely defending Ramona, even though Ramona's just continuing to be, you know, a piece of shit as per usual. Also, Luann needs to stop quoting her own songs. She needs to, she needs to please, please stop. So basically, Ramona's like, you fucked Tom on the first date talking to Luann and like embarrasses her on this yacht party. Cynthia's like still being serious and like no one like is Melissa's like lighten up like what the fuck. Oh, and then I think I think it was Kenya stood up for Luann and Ramona says fuck you to her. And Kenya's like basically like no, like shut the fuck up. Um, and then Ramona says, I said, fuck you in a friendly way. I can't with her. And then Kyle, at one point, as Ramona's getting yelled at on this yacht, is like hanging onto her like a marsupial. They're the weirdest combination of people. I don't understand that dynamic. And then I didn't like how everyone was like, oh, well, you're so strong and domineering to Kenya. Are you kidding me? Versus Ramona? Ramona is 10 times more domineering and like whatever the fuck. Then Kenya, I thought that was some race. had some racist undertones. Like, what the fuck are you guys, what argument are you guys watching? 
like Ramona's definitely the aggressor and they were like she just gets nervous like they always painted Ramona out to be the victim when she's 100% the aggressor not to mention she's like 70 years old she should be able to take accountability for herself at some point and then they finally Luann and Ramona make up and it's like two seconds later Ramona says something to offend her it honest to god doesn't last for like 30 seconds oh my god and then they all jump in to swim and Luann's swimming and Teresa asks if she can touch the ground Luann says we're at sea I can't touch the ground I'm dying and then they make their TikTok blah 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 Ramona getting shit-faced and eating that chicken parm made me want chicken parm so bad I'm not even we I made it the other night I had to have it that's how bad the craving was after watching drunk Ramona it honestly what I had was not did not look like it slapped as hard as whatever Ramona was shoving down her gullet and then there was that makeup incident between Cynthia and Ramona and like I feel for Cynthia she just seems out of place she seems like I'm too tired for this I don't want to be here and yeah the shadiest thing I've ever heard Kyle ever say on this series is that Cynthia's boring she's such a people pleaser it was so shocking to see her say something negative about Cynthia like that or she's not fun I think is what she said I was, like, shocked by that. She's just trying to, like, clear the air and be like, I was a little jealous about you and Kenya. I don't know. I feel bad for Cindy. I feel like no one's understanding her. Also, Ramona always looks like you're catching her, like, pickpocketing somebody. She, her eyes always look, like, alert and, like, what? Who? What? Me? Like, always. I also love how after 28 years, Luann is finally like, oh, Ramona's really mean. Like, I feel like she had to come to this island of strangers for them to be like, yeah, she talks to you like you're dog shit and then they all do some sort of bikini shoot i don't really understand what that was about before they eat lunch was that michael's idea i don't like this michael guy he creeps me out and then but it, but it was funny to watch ramona pose uh, and then they do that bubble thing that looked fun i'm doing all the week's episodes the last two weeks episodes so if you if it sounds like i'm all over the map that's why I like how Luann tries the serenity prayer on Ramona as if she just like needs an exorcism or something. Like she's clearly not going to change. She's been saying this shit to you for a thousand years. Oh, and I love Ramona trying to get all of them to wear like basically like bindies, like like things on their, like crystals on their faces. And they're all like, no, I'm good. This seems offensive or just not cute. No. And then they go to that guy's house who like owns that restaurant and he's like single older guy and they like Ramona's obviously trying to flirt with him Luann's also getting a little flirty with him and then they ask him Kenya asked him at the dinner table what his physical type is and then it pans to his friend who's like a younger looking man who could be gay or bisexual can you see that from looking at someone no but as a queer person am I pretty attuned to what we all look like yeah and so he looked a little queer to me and I was like huh dots connected john the bachelor might not be into the physical type that you would like him to be kenya and luann and ramona like i don't think he wants you and then he like awkwardly exchanges numbers with luann but it's probably because like he's older and his family probably doesn't know he's gay and he doesn't want to introduce his family to thorn i think was his alleged boyfriend's name but yeah that was weird and Teresa that whole time was talking about, she was like, Luann's like that guy on the train who gets shot. And it's like, what are you talking about? I think she was talking about a movie. And then Ramona just being like, where's the ladies room? 
She's such an animal. I love when the way flirts. She's such like a 1950s butter ad. She's like standing with John and she is referencing the other women. And she's like, those girls do love their Samoas. Like, why are you talking about them? Like, they're your children. Is this how you're flirting with this guy? But yeah, that was basically it. Everyone tried to hit on John, but he was not feeling it. Not picking up what they were putting down at all. And then finally, last but not least, Real Housewives of Orange County is back. You know, who gives a shit, really? Heather's back. She's really rich. And we'll see how long that takes us. I don't really remember Heather bringing that much to the series, but I don't really remember much of the series to begin with, um, of Orange County, that is. I remember Tamara and Vicky bringing some interesting things, but I'm hoping Heather holds up. Everyone seems very excited about her return. Long Island Gina is back. She doesn't have her extensions or her road rage. That's exciting. I don't need to see Emily and her depressing husband. I feel like Emily is a bit like a Wendy where she probably got feedback her first season that she was coming in a little dull. And so she came back with like way too much personality. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. You should never try, you know, be you. And if the internet hates it, get off reality TV. Just kidding. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Oh my God, they lowered the bar score for COVID? What the fuck was that about? And that's how Shane finally passed the bar because they had to lower the score because of COVID. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I live in California. I don't, if I need a lawyer, I don't want it to be a COVID generation lawyer. What is this about? You don't, you're stuck at home. Can't you study? Just kidding. You probably have kids. I kind of maybe get it. I don't know. I would like maybe more information on that. But hilarious. Oh, and it was very touching to see Gina talk about what she went through with her husband. How horrific. And her just basically saying, like, you know, he had to take accountability. And, oh, yeah, that was really hard. And then she was talking about it. And she was like, I had to stop talking about it. She was probably like, I'm having a fucking trauma flashback. And here the producers are like, so what was that like? Shannon is still with her asshole husband or boyfriend. I feel like they were having problems, right? Wasn't he drinking a lot and, like, yelling at her? That's fucked up. Her daughters are models. Her daughters are stunning. Oh, yeah. And her Shannon's twins were so funny when she was, they were like, you'll be all alone. <laughs> and then she's like, nah, you'll have Archie, their dog. Honestly, though, Shannon alone is better than with that douche. Like, you don't have to date this guy. And then there's this new woman, Nicole, who was hiking with Heather. I hate when they don't walk in a normal pace for the cameras. And then there's that awkward tension of like, you almost feel like they're like, you're in their way camera wise I hate that it's like walking a normal pace these guys can keep up they're professionals have you seen Real Housewives of New York they're not walking at a slow pace and then there's like an Emily Gina buddy comedy thing going on I don't need it I don't want it and then there's another new woman Dr. Jen she comes in dressed like the nurse from Animaniacs she looks like Countess Luann on Halloween type nurse um and I guess she's like a Botox. She's like an esthetician or not an esthetician. What would it be called? Nurse practitioner? I don't know. She's, she's a doctor. Clearly she's a doctor, Dr. Jen. She does cosmetic things, it seems like. And then there's another third one. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that many people left last season. I think we should have kept Bronwyn. I want to meet Bronwyn's butch girlfriend. I want to see if femme and a butch... Or just whatever. Two lesbians, two bisexuals, two whatevers on my screen. I would love that on Real Housewives. That would be amazing. And it's it's such a shame that they decided to 
let her go. I guess she was kind of a circus, but I wanted to see that circus for one more season. But so we meet Noella, who was friends with Bronwyn, formally. And I guess we're going to find out why. Hopefully that's interesting. She's married to some guy named Sweet James, who looks like a scam. He's like on billboards and it's like, did you just get into an accident? Call me. I guess he's an ambulance chaser is kind of what Noella implied. I felt like there were two dinners going on at once. It was like Nicole, Noella, Heather at like Nobu, Malibu. And then we had like the TJ Maxx version, like Gina, Emily, and Shannon at like, you know, the the local pub. Shannon was looking a little shaky. I don't know if that's just like, you know, pandemic wear and tear. Didn't she have COVID? I think she had COVID, but she looked a little shaky. And then all of a sudden, Shannon, there's like something between Shannon and this new Nicole cast member. And apparently the big scoop is that Nicole sued Terry Dubrow, Heather's husband. Yeah, that's all we know is that she sued Terry. I don't get why that's interesting. It's like a woman who looks like she's had a lot of plastic surgery sued a plastic surgeon. That's not that. I feel like he probably gets sued all the time. And clearly it doesn't fucking matter because if you've seen their house, it's insane. So like, I don't think it's whatever, like have one of their garages, I guess. Like I can't even, who cares? It seems like such a non-issue. And yet I feel like that was like the big, that was like the big hook of this episode. And Dr. Jen and her husband are weird. They met at a breakfast buffet, is what she said. I'm sorry. What? You met at a breakfast buffet? Is that a normal place that people meet? He seems like very apathetic. I don't know. I don't like their vibe. I really, it bums me out how few couples seem like genuinely happy on this show. They always seem like very awkward. Oh, and then Shannon, that story about Shannon blacking out and like leaving Heather with the bill at a local restaurant the night before. Yikes, I'm like, yikes. Uh, like, is she okay? And then, yeah, they talk about the the lawsuit but no one ever brings it up to heather wouldn't heather know if terry was being sued like i don't get why that would be like a secret and then they go they see heather's house it's crazy shannon is like extremely triggered because it reminds her of her old house where she had like purified air or whatever she got like new air imported into the place whatever whatever you know champagne problems um she, when she said her house with her fourth child I get it. Like, I totally understand that these things are very hard to achieve, acquire, whatever. And you feel attached to them. But your fourth child, come on, relax. I like how Heather was like, oh, you're triggered. So anyway, here's my movie theater. I can already tell Noella is going to be a lot. Nicole seems nervous. Nicole seems like she's downplaying her personality. She wants to see she wants to feel things out, but Noella's coming in hot. She's like, I have a sex dungeon. I don't like, you know, it's like a Carlton 2.0. We don't need this. I don't like the one with the sex dungeon. It's fine if you have it, but you're saying it on episode one. I don't need it. Oh my God, but the preview for the next episode, Noelle literally shouts in Heather's bisexual daughter, Max. She shouts in Max's face, I'm bisexual too. Can you imagine your mom's friend just coming up to you and screaming, I am bisexual too? And then they cut to another scene where <laughs> Heather is yelling at Noelle and saying, you made my daughter porn as a gift. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, I mean, maybe it is funny. I mean, I think it's funny. Um, it could be inappropriate, but oh my God, like I can just see Noella being like, oh, I'm bisexual. She's bisexual. So she probably wants like a sexy calendar of me or something like not even realizing how fucking inappropriate that is. 
So anyway, yeah, I can't wait to see the porn that Noella makes, Max. Um, and that was pretty much it. Oh, The Housewife and The Shaw Shocker. I watched it. You know, it was what it was. I thought The Housewife and The Hustler was more interesting, but I think that's just because I fell asleep in the middle of The Housewife and The Shaw Shocker. I also love how they all have those titles, The Housewife and The Hustler, The Housewife and The Shaw Shocker. This is like turning into the babysitter's club, like when these women commit federal offenses. Oh, and then Adele said she hated Real Housewives because it would kill her brain. How disappointing was that? Well, you know what? Teach his own, except your opinion sucks. Also, I didn't love, I'm honestly not saying this because of her housewife's comment. I didn't love 30. Do you guys love 30? I thought it was a little, um, like in the beginning, it was like strangers by nature. And I was like, okay, I'm on the chocolate ride at Willy Wonka's factory. And then we, it never, I was waiting for that bop, you know, to be like, oh, wow, this is, this is the song. I'm obsessed. But it never really happened. Easy on me was probably my favorite. Anyway. I know that you guys wanted my hot take on that. All right, guys, that's it. That's all I've got. Thank you for letting me ramble. I guess we'll be back next week for the shit show that is this franchise. I'm honestly looking forward to it paring down a little bit. We've got Girl Strip. We've, you know what? What am I talking about? I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be missing this when there's nothing. Oh, and now our next Ultimate Girl Trip is in the Berkshires. I cannot wait for that. I don't know when it comes out, but. Okay, so that's all I have for this episode. Love you guys. He is so dynamic. He is so smart. He's funny. He has this crazy, witty sense of humor. I find him physically attractive. Thank you for being honest. 